the Bible. From America's colonial period to her rise to become the richest, most powerful nation in history, the ideas and values that guide us, protect us, and hold our society together flow from the pages of this book of books. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Our founding documents affirm and build on the scriptural concepts of God-given, not state-granted rights, and of liberty under law. The biblical worldview shaped our work ethic, made education a priority, and birthed the notion of finite, limited government under divine authority. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The pilgrims, the Puritans, the founding fathers, and American leaders throughout our history have emphasized the Bible's importance to America. The first and almost the only book worthy of universal attention is the Bible. John Quincy Adams. But for the book, we cannot know right from wrong. All the things desirable to man are contained in it. Abraham Lincoln. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Calvin Coolidge. The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible, a 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of the Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the Word, Soapy Dollar. That's right. We are your Apache Indian scout, you notice. Uh, we're not your guide. There's only one guide as we move through the Scriptures each and every year, and that is God Himself by His Spirit. We're just your scout. We go a little bit ahead, give you a little bit of a heads up and advice about what's coming in our readings each and every evening, and then give you a chance to hear each passage from the Scriptures and let God speak to your heart and let you make up your own mind as you hear each passage. Now, we're going to be here in Joshua, Judges, and Ruth for the next couple of weeks at least, and then we'll be going back to the New Testament, picking up at the third gospel in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke. Hope you'll stay with us. We've been reading now these opening chapters of the book of Joshua as under the leadership of this great, courageous individual, a great tactician, a military commander. The people of Israel now are moving on into the land that was promised to them and their descendants. But right now, our wisdom and worship segment from the Psalms and the Proverbs, picking up there with Psalm 42. Psalm 42 is that beautiful passage that we sing a song about. As the deer panteth for the waters, so my soul longeth after you. Sorry, I'm making a mess of the song, but remember the tune that we've sing often in our different churches. So it's a beautiful psalm with beautiful imagery featuring a thirst for God. Let's listen to the Bible live. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks. It was the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why so sad? 
I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember your kindness. From Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. Through each day the Lord pours His unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing His songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forsaken me? Why must I wander in darkness, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts pierce me like a fatal wound. They scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. End of reading, Psalm 42. Help me see that everything I am is not all about me. Take my word. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. One of the great needs we have as believers, because we forget. <laughs> the Bible tells us to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because we leak. We forget to whom we belong. And we get caught up in the affairs of this world. We get caught up in all of this, and we forget that we are God's people. It's a fine line because we've got to live in this world. We have to take care of business, as they say. We've got to do our job. We've got to get the kids to school and get them to band practice and soccer practice and do our homework and take care of the relationships of our life. We can't just forget those things and be so heavenly-minded that we're no earthly good. But on the other hand, we want to do all of our earthly tasks, duties, and pleasures we want to do them in the context of who we are in Christ and whose we are. We're always remembering that behind us and over us and under us and around us, God is there doing his work with us and through us to other people. We just got to be aware of that and not forget it. As we do that, we're going to grow deeper and deeper in love with the Lord. We're going to experience the sense of wonder the tremendous, glorious adventure there is in living your life in the context of who God is and what he's doing. It fills our life with joy, with delight, with adventure, yes, and tremendous honor and significance and meaning. There's no greater joy, no greater significance that a human being can have. Well, we are following the experiences of the people of Israel as they go into the promised land now. Forty years before, they had come to this moment and they had chickened out. For fear of the battle, for fear of the task ahead, they did not want to go into the promised land. This time they are ready to go. Joshua has sent in spies. In our last reading in Joshua chapter 5, the commander of the Lord's army confronted Joshua on the night before they go in. All of the preparations for battle, we read about worshiping the Lord, confessing their sin, getting their heart right before God before they take this tremendous risk, this step of faith, to attack this great city of Jericho. Very powerful city. Three chariots could drive around on the walls of Jericho side by side. They were very thick walls. This was a very strongly defended city. The way has been made, as was custom, for people to leave if they didn't want to be in the battle. People of Israel always established that road out. Now the gates are shut. 
and they will begin to march around the city, a strange battle strategy that God gives to them, letting the people of worship guide them as they enter into this battle of Jericho on the Bible Live. Joshua 6, 1 through 835, Joshua 6. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its mighty warriors. Your entire army is to march around the city once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the horns, have all the people give a mighty shout. Then the walls of the city will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the city. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, March around the city, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the Ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed behind them. Armed guards marched both in front of the priests and behind the Ark, with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout! So the Ark of the Lord was carried around the city once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests again carried the Ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horns marched in front of the Ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Armed guards marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the Ark of the Lord. All this time the priests were sounding their horns. On the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the city as they had done before. But this time they went around the city seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on all Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. When the people heard the sound of the horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the city from every side and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, donkeys, everything. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Then Joshua said to the two spies, Keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with her family. The young men went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all the other relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the city and everything in it. Only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house. So Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house, because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho. 
and she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua invoked this curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the city of Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundation. At the cost of his youngest son, he will set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his name became famous throughout the land. Joshua 7. But Israel was unfaithful concerning the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these things. So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmi, of the family of Zimri, of the clan of Zerah, and of the tribe of Judah. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the city of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth-Avon. When they returned, they told Joshua, It's a small town, and it won't take more than two or three thousand of us to destroy it. There's no need for all of us to go there. So approximately three thousand warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about thirty-six who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. Joshua and the leaders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed down facing the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, Sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what am I to say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe us off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up! Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen the things that I commanded to be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, they have also lied about it and hidden the things among their belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Get up! Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord the God of Israel says. Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things. In the morning you must present yourselves by tribes, and the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. That tribe must come forward with its clans, and the Lord will point out the guilty clan. That clan will then come forward, and the Lord will point out the guilty family. Finally, each member of the guilty family must come, one by one. The one who has stolen what was set apart for destruction will himself be burned with fire, along with everything he has. For he has broken the covenant of the Lord and has done a horrible thing in Israel. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Early the next morning, Joshua brought the tribes of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Judah was singled out. Then the clans of Judah came forward, and the clan of Zerah was singled out. Then the families of Zerah came before the Lord, and the family of Zimri was singled out. Every member of Zimri's family was brought forward person by person, and Achan was singled out. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, for I saw a beautiful robe imported from Babylon, two hundred silver coins, and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. 
They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent, with the silver buried deeper than the rest. So Joshua sent some men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites. Then they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, tent, and everything he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. They piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. That is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble ever since. So the Lord was no longer angry. Joshua 8 Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid or discouraged. Take the entire army and attack Ai, for I have given to you the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You will destroy them as you destroyed Jericho and its king. But this time you may keep the captured goods and the cattle for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city. So Joshua and the army of Israel set out to attack Ai. Joshua chose 30,000 fighting men and sent them out at night with these orders. Hide in ambush close behind the city and be ready for action. When our main army attacks, the men of Ai will come out to fight as they did before, and we will run away from them. We will let them chase us until they have all left the city, for they will say, The Israelites are running away from us as they did before. Then you will jump up from your ambush and take possession of the city, for the Lord your God will give it to you. Set the city on fire as the Lord has commanded. You have your orders. So they left that night and lay in ambush between Bethel and the west side of Ai. But Joshua remained among the people in the camp that night. Early the next morning Joshua roused his men and started toward Ai, accompanied by the leaders of Israel. They camped on the north side of Ai with a valley between them and the city. That night Joshua sent 5,000 men to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. So they stationed the main army north of the city and the ambush west of the city. Joshua himself spent that night in the valley. When the king of Ai saw the Israelites across the valley, he and all his army hurriedly went out early the next morning and attacked the Israelites at a place overlooking the Jordan Valley. But he didn't realize there was an ambush behind the city. Joshua and the Israelite army fled toward the wilderness as though they were badly beaten, and all the men in the city were called out to chase after them. In this way they were lured away from the city. There was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not chase after the Israelites, and the city was left wide open. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Point your spear toward Ai, for I have given you the city. Joshua did as he was commanded. As soon as Joshua gave the signal, the men in ambush jumped up and poured into the city. They quickly captured it and set it on fire. When the men of Ai looked behind them, smoke from the city was filling the sky, and they had nowhere to go. For the Israelites who had fled in the direction of the wilderness now turned on their pursuers. When Joshua and the other Israelites saw that the ambush had succeeded, and that smoke was rising from the city, they turned and attacked the men of Ai. Then the Israelites who were inside the city came out and started killing the enemy from the rear. So the men of Ai were caught in a trap, and all of them died. Not a single person survived or escaped. Only the king of Ai was taken alive and brought to Joshua. When the Israelite army finished killing all the men outside the city, 
They went back and finished off everyone inside. So the entire population of Ai was wiped out that day, 12,000 in all. For Joshua kept holding out his spear until everyone who had lived in Ai was completely destroyed. Only the cattle and the treasures of the city were not destroyed, for the Israelites kept these for themselves as the Lord had commanded Joshua. So Ai became a permanent mound of ruins, desolate to this very day. Joshua hung the king of Ai on a tree and left him there until evening. At sunset the Israelites took down the body and threw it in front of the city gate. They piled a great heap of stones over him that can still be seen today. Then Joshua built an altar to the Lord the God of Israel on Mount Ebal. He followed the instructions that Moses, the Lord's servant, had written in the book of the law. Make me an altar from stones that are uncut and have not been shaped with iron tools. Then on the altar they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And as the Israelites watched, Joshua copied the law of Moses onto the stones of the altar. Then all the Israelites, foreigners and citizens alike, along with the leaders, officers, and judges, were divided into two groups. One group stood at the foot of Mount Jerusalem, the other at the foot of Mount Ebal. Each group faced the other, and between them stood the Levitical priest, carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. This was all done according to the instructions Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given for blessing the people of Israel. Joshua then read to them all the blessings and curses Moses had written in the book of the law. Every command Moses had ever given was read to the entire assembly, including the women and children and the foreigners who lived among the Israelites. End of reading Joshua 6, 1 through 8.35 You are all I need when I'm surrounded You are all I need if I'm by myself Listening to God's talk show, The Bible Live. Well, the people of Israel are quickly learning that lesson that God indeed was all they needed. We are going to learn that lesson along with them. Hopefully, we will come to that understanding, each of us, and give God that first place, that priority each and every day of our lives in in all the different areas of our lives. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. We sing about it all the time. And the walls came tumbling down. The city of Jericho was built thousands of years before Joshua was even born. It was one of the oldest cities in the world. And in some places it had fortified walls up to 25 feet high. And it is said up to 30 feet thick or across. Soldiers were standing guard on the top of the walls. They could see for miles. It was a symbol of military power and strength, and the people of Canaan considered it to be invincible. Israel would attack this very city first, and the destruction of Jericho would put the fear of Israel, the fear of God, into the heart of every person in Canaan. The Canaanites considered Israel's God as a nature God because he parted the Jordan and as a war God because of the defeat of the kings of Sihon and Og. We saw that in the thoughts that Rahab shared. The Canaanites did not consider God to be a fortress God, one who could prevail against a walled city. Of course, after this experience, that opinion will change. Very interesting, the perceptions of the people of the era. In that time, they were very spiritual-minded, religious-minded. But here we're not talking about religion, but about the true and living God. There were a couple of things that impressed me. One is what confidence this must have given to Joshua and to the people of Israel who were willing to believe 
that this enemy had already been delivered into their hands what confidence and boldness this must have given them as they went into battle today as followers of jesus the messiah we have that same certainty there is a battle yes we live in a battle zone there is a spiritual battle going on for the hearts and minds of men and women around us a spiritual battle for this country for the soul of america the promise is though that we win we know that we are battling against a defeated enemy that does not make us apathetic but more bold more courageous if we rightly understand the promises of god satan the spiritual enemy of our lives has been defeated by christ this godless world system and its world view may seem invincible right now but it is a defeated enemy even the flesh itself within us wicked and selfish desires within us is a defeated enemy god is at work by his holy spirit to transform us to change us to write the laws of god on our hearts in a process called sanctification he is making us holy even as he is holy so we do fight against a defeated enemy the battle is ours we will win but on the basis of that promise are we willing to step out in faith and be more bold in the service of the lord they saw how great their victory could be in the battle of jericho and then they turned right around to learn how low they could sink if they didn't trust and obey the lord right after this great victory they moved to this experience of defeat shame and confusion that came with achan's sin defeat at the hands of this tiny little city called ie sin always destroys oh it's such a little thing it's so unimportant nobody knows about it, it doesn't hurt anybody sin always destroys it robs us of our joy people died as a result of achan's little sin in the people of israel fear took over and they lost their confidence before god joshua questioned god he lost his confidence god withdrew his protection as a discipline of them and the sin had to be punished had to be atoned which we see god carry through one of the things we'll want to notice as the people of Israel go into the promised land is how careful Joshua is and therefore as he gives leadership to the people how careful Israel is to obey the Lord in every detail for example after the battles now of Jericho and IE they carry out to the letter the instructions that uh, Moses had given for reading the blessings and the cursings Mount Ebal was a very barren mountain brown and no greenery at all and they read the curses from that mountain while Mount Gerizim was very green and flush and they read the blessings of God from that side of those mountains remember those instructions that God had given and they were to make their altars of uncut stones no man-made element at all involved in their worship the Bible live with soapy dollar soapy reads from the new living translation by Tyndall house publishers the Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word.